Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and welcome to the Jewel Network Science Broadcasting Frequency. The Jewel Network is a radio frequency of continuous streaming science, knowledge, and wisdom which promotes and sustains the activation of the present evolutionary process of immortality and the unfolding of the God Self within the evolving planetary society on planet Earth. The Jewel Network is committed to broadcasting the sciences of life and the sciences of living. By cultivating the mind of a scientist, you are being able to extract the very best the current 21st century has to offer. You are listening to the Dr. Jewel's Brain Balancing Program and more with your host, physician and surgeon, microbiologist, preventive medicine and hygiene physician, and surgeon general, Dr. Joel Poole. Hello, hello, hello. Greetings, greetings, greetings. Blessings, blessings to you. It's another heptad in the world of Maya. We call it a heptad or today's plasma. And, of course, in the Gregorian calendar, you refer to it as a day. But we don't like to be in a daze. So plasma means that we are creating our day. So we're creating our day this day. And I'm so glad to be with you doing drive time on your way home or to pick up your children, or to have a wonderful business dinner, appointment. Hi. So we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects today. That is the brain. Mental capacity to be able to direct the brain in a very systematic way so that we can be intelligent. So many of us know about IQ. Some of us know about EQ, emotional coefficient. What is your IQ, your intellectual coefficient, or your IQ score? Now, you know, I'm going to read that to you. We're going to talk about what the old IQ meant, et cetera, and how that was calculated. Most people don't even know how that was calculated. We'll give you the data, but most of all, what does it really mean? And we recognize now that the intellect primarily negotiated and translated for you from your mind to the body is through the left side of the brain. And your creative, very uh, far-reaching, limitless capacity to see things in all different types of forms and uh, structures and to create new modalities is given to you by your right brain. Also, the capacity to have great self-control and to be able to be compassionate is a right brain capability. So we call that the EQ, the emotional coefficient. So I'm going to talk to you about that. Let's share what's happening with a lot of the stars. So you know about their lives and you know about many of the uh, trials that they had to endure and the changes they went through. And we're going to look at their mental potentials, their emotional coefficients, and just uh, think about that. Got to think about that for a moment. So many of them were very, very high intellectually, but emotionally 
they were not in balance. They weren't. And that is something that uh, is very important for us to recognize, that it's the emotional IQ that determines how well we can be intellectually capable. That is so important to think about. So we have the answer for you to change whatever your IQ or your EQ may be. And just like we treat everything with geometry, so therefore stick with us. Make sure you don't turn the dial or punch the button or switch us to another screen so you can get this very, very vital, important information. So we want to talk to you about Alaska and just a lot of other things and the new frequencies already on Earth that you can actually absorb directly to prime your DNA for the 21st future. So I'll be right back after this word from our sponsors, and let's talk about your IQ and your EQ. I will be right back with you. And stay focused now. Pay attention. You are listening to the Jewel Network Science Radio Broadcasting Frequency. The Jewel Network provides the neural nutrition and stimulates expansion and evolution of the human brain, nervous system, and body. Remember, our source is a neuron. Oh, those neurons, those neurons, I love them. And interesting, all last week we were studying about the other support cells, and there's far more support cells in the brains that are not neurons. They're called glial cells or microglia. And boy, they are fascinating. They do so many different things. But we're going to focus right now on the neuron, which is for that IQ and that EQ. Well, now, what is IQ? Motion. Intellectual quotient. IQ, your intellectual quotient. And so presently, we... Uh, recognize that intelligence is the most often measured activity in humans, but it is not achieved in such a simple way. So we know that there's quite a few different standardized tests, and the well-known that most people have endured during the public school system is the Stanford-Binet Intelligence Scale. So most of these tests, they measure what? Five distinct areas of thinking. Your knowledge, your verbal reasoning, your abstract reasoning, and your quantitative reasoning, and the present working memory that you have. Now, your intelligent quotient, your IQ, is derived by what? By dividing your mental age score as determined by the test score across all these five areas and then by your chronological age. And then that number is then multiplied by 100. Got it? That's a little formula. So most individuals will score between 85 to 115 points on an IQ test. But approximately 5% of the population will score higher just 5%. Now, see what I was talking to you about? We've been talking to you about that for the last four or five years. People not using more than what? 5% of the brain. 
So they all fall into this class of using 5% of the brain, et cetera. And those people who were using 10%, et cetera, of course, they're going to have the higher scores. So 5% of the population will score higher than the 125 points. And even up to the low 200s, now they have some great people, supposedly uh, Paul Allen, uh, movie star Sharon Stone, uh, Gary Kasparov. Okay, he was one of those famed master chess players. It's been associated that uh, your genetics plays an important role. However, environment is a major key. So it's been uh, prophesized here that if your parents were high achievers, the chances are you are too. Why? Because of the environment that you were placed in. So we still aren't clear about what can boost everybody's IQ except one thing. We know we'll boost your IQ. Exposing the brain to proper geometry. Exposing the brain to proper geometry. And that's what our program at the Jewel University of Emotion of <laughs> Immortal Sciences do. Now, let's give you just a little more information here. Now, for those of you who decide, okay, I want to be smarter, okay, I want to have a greater emotional control over my thoughts, over my body, I don't like being angry so fast, I don't like having to respond to everything people say or do, et cetera. And all of this is emotional uh, equivalent now or emotional quotient, the EQ. How can I do that? How can I grow up where I just don't respond to everything? That things just don't frighten me, that I can just hold my po- my focus. And that also is treated by geometry. But in our pack, when you write us to get information, please do that. Okay, you can write us at the J-U-I-S dot education. Okay, that stands for the Jewel University of Immortal Sciences. And we will send you an information pack on our brain balancing program that develops your intelligent quotient as well as your emotional quotient. Also, too, you can visit the website, www.J-U-I-S dot education to see that for yourself. DJBP, thejewelnetwork.net, you can also write us. But let's look at some of these uh, mental potentials or emotional coins, or should I say, IQs here that we measure directly. For example, Abraham Lincoln. Now, yes, most of us definitely have not, were not born when he was around. However, his mental potential was 462. All the things that he had to do to become president, he ran for president eight times. He was rejected seven times before he became president of the United States. Now, how many of you, if it was legal, it's not legal anymore, but if it was, that you could go through that whole process of election seven times and tolerate the rejection? Now, rejection is not only a emotional standard of maturity, how can you handle that? But also intellectual. And most people cannot handle rejection. Even to this day, they have a very difficult time doing that. So Abraham Lincoln, a master of rejection. He was able to 
run for office seven times. Look at what we have here, Dr. Martin Luther King. Now check him out. He was 409, but he had also an emotional coefficient that was in the low 30s. Now we don't consider that balanced, but to have that degree of intellectual capability, because people who are in the 400 range score within the upper 2.5% of humanity. So he already had more brain usage than most people. And then with an emotional coefficient of 30, that's why he was able to totally transform a very violent and a very um, decadent program such as racism in America, discrimination in America because of the color of the skin. Very profound because he was uh, had a very high intellectual as well as emotional coefficient. Now we have, for example, Natalie Cole. This lady had a gorgeous voice. Her intellectual capacity, 375. Her IQ, as we calculated it, that falls into the 70% of human, 17% of humanity. But emotionally, she was in the 80% of humanity. Her emotional coefficient was down in the mid-20s. And so, therefore, that caused problems for her. All the attention, all the fame she got, it was not comfortable for her. And so with her use of drugs that eventually damaged her kidneys, she was not able to stay with us for a very long period of time. Prince, a genius. His mental potential, 416. Oh, my goodness, he was 416. He had an emotional coefficient of even 31. So this is why he was able to write his own music and build his own studio, that kind of thing. But still, from his original environment, you know, he had a neurologic disorder of uh, epilepsy, and being a very introverted person, he allegedly used drugs to help him become more extroverted. He still didn't have enough emotional intelligence allow him to hold his space with all the attention that was given to him, as creative as he was, et cetera, and be able to interact with his listeners and with humanity in general without having to a chemical support. And allegedly it's because of the chemical support and the mismanagement thereof that caused him to shorten his life. So we have quite a few individuals. Bernie Mac, you know, his mental potential was 380, so he was in the higher 17th percentile, but emotionally he was also in the low 20s. So this intellectual and emotional maturity quotients are very, very important. So our sponsors want to uh, say hello to you, and we're going to back in just a minute talking more about the importance of this intellectual emotional coefficient. I'll be right back. Humanity is experiencing a vast variety of disorders. HIV, Zika virus, Ebola, hypertension, meningitis, STD, Alzheimer's, and many others. These disorders are the results of not knowing how to live within and navigate the human body. 
Most of us have learned how to drive a car, but have yet to learn how to care for and navigate our bodies. Enroll into the Jewel University of Immortal Sciences for Immortal Living to learn how to navigate and maintain a disease-free body. Visit us at www.juis.education or visit us on Facebook. Yes, please visit us right on Facebook and also go right to the website, juis.education. Now, what do we recognize? We recognize also that there's not just one type of intelligence, okay, that there are quite a few different types. Now, it's very interesting. You might want to uh, purchase this book by Howard Gardner. Howard Gardner, and he wrote a book entitled Frames of Mind, The Theory of Multiple Intelligences. Theory of Multiple Intelligences. And so right now we're able to identify that you can be a genius in music and rhythm, very high IQ, visual spatial capability. You have people who can see things in such a way and be able to demonstrate that. Incredible. Okay, we've got painters now that can see in 3D and they paint in 3D. So when you actually look at their products, they look real. They don't look like you're looking on a flat surface, uh, a piece of paper, because it looks like you can walk right into it. That's 3D printing. That means that how they use the eye, how they can see is incredible. They can capture the sense of space on paper. That's a great capacity. To capture space on paper, you can look at distance, width, you can work with height, and Literally space on paper. You can capture four dimensions on paper. Genius. Linguists. We have some people now, they can speak 10 or 12 languages. No problem. Mathematic gurus. Their logic, their capacity to write all these elaborate computer programs. Oh, my goodness. Amazing. Okay. And then we have those individuals who are capable of their body being able to be put in any form, any structure, without much discomfort, etc. Every joint is nimble. The muscles can stretch. They have just about full range of motion with every joint. That is a form of intelligence. Yes, it is. Body, kinesthetic intelligence. Incredible. So, these are not only learned, but usually they are exhibited just innately and naturally and supported by a healthy environment, a healthy environment that supports those kind of qualities. But the bottom line is for the intelligence quotient, the brain has to be able to change its shape and its connection so that the individual can not only learn, but also express new information stored in the brain. And this is where intelligence becomes very liquid. And many people, when they have rigidity in their thoughts 
and then they also are impacted and sustain lots of fears. They don't have that dexterity, the flexibility, as we call it, the neuroplasticity of the brain. Actually, the connections between the brain almost become fused. And so, therefore, the neuron itself, with all of its little legs, and uh, well, they're really not legs, they're hairs, we call dendritic spiny protuberances, as well as the main cable connection, known as the axon, are not free to move and to adjust their locations to be able to make other connections, literally to network with other neurons that have other information so that the composite of the information collected from other neurons gives you a whole new perception, a huge selection of options available to you to give directions to your body or to make different selections that may not have been perceivable to you prior to asking the question or making the decision that you wanted to change something. The brain has to change its shape and also has to be able to change its connection and relationship with other neurons to give you this incredible capability to see options. Now, that's amazing, and I really want you to think about that. I'm going to repeat this again. I don't want you to lose this, this vision. The brain changes its shape. The connections between the neurons disconnect and reconnect, or they actually make more new connections to other neighboring neurons as well as maintain their old connections to give you greater insight, to give you more of an opportunity of what is really available for you to enhance your present state of existence and to allow you to have new experiences. Just think about that. Your brain is changing shape. So literally, in its own way, it's changing size, changing shape, connections are being made between neurons, connections are being disconnected and rearranged so that you can think and have all these wonderful ideas about the same old subject. Can you imagine? And let's do something real simple. Let's take something known as a pencil. Okay, I'm looking at my tray right now. I got a pen. I call it a pen pencil cup. And I'm looking into this pen and pencil cup, and what do I see? I see right here my own little pen and pencil cup. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different varieties of the same thing. Well, what's the same thing? Pens. I am seeing the same tool that we call a pen, but it has different shapes. It's got different colors. Some have erasers on them. Some don't. They have just a cap. Others uh, have color-coded tips. Some are clear through that you can see a chamber of ink on the inside. Some are just totally opaque. 
and they had writing on them, who made them, people's names, with colored tips. And that's amazing. This is just one instrument known as a pen. So the ink that comes out is different, and all of that is what? A different thought about the same subject. So the individual, for example, who saw a big pen, I have a big pen in here. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it says big right here. So they decided, okay, well, we want to do this differently. Well, let's make them colors. Okay. So then they decided we're going to make and put colored ink in here, and it's just not going to write, uh, uh, write, or you write black ink. It's going to have a color. And then it's like, okay, but we want people to see that it has a color. So then they decided, okay, well, let's color code the nib, which holds the actual uh, pen itself, and or should I say the ink cartridge itself, and then let's put a colored little tip on the end. And it's like, okay, but then some people say, well, I want people to be able to uh, put their put my pen right in their shirt. So every time they reach up, my pen is right there because some pens, they don't have that little clasp on them. No, they don't. So I'm looking at that, and so people decide, oh, let's do this. Now, you have to understand, everything I'm des describing to you, it's a thought. It's a thought, and the brain changed its shape. And the connections between the neurons were positioned differently on each other. For you to have that insight, to see that picture about how you could change the basic architecture, color, and I have some here that are fat. Yeah, they really are. They're what I call rotund pins. <laughs> rotund, you know, mean very round. Uh-huh, really big. And it's like, that's interesting, compared to my little big pen that's so sleek and narrow. That was a change in the shape of the brain to change the whole shape of the pen. Your brain changed when you decided to create a pen that was bigger and fatter. Yeah. And the brain changed when you decided that you would make it color. Think. The brain changed when you decided that you would make the tip and the cap colors to match the ink inside the pen. And the brain changed when you decide you put a class on it so that you could put it right in your pocket and not have to hold it in your hand and be very close to you. Then we have the pencil here. I have a pencil that doesn't have a ratio on it. It doesn't have anything on it. It's just a, a piece of wood chamber with lead in the center. And then I have another pencil that has an eraser on it. And then I have another pencil that basically has a whole scene on it, writing on it and everything, and all kind of uh, pictures on it, as a matter of fact, animals and everything. So every time that tool changed, it went from not having an eraser to an eraser on it, how they put the little metal uh, cap on it and then put the eraser in the center, have a pencil that looks like a pen, and you have to actually rotate the body of the pen so that the lead comes out. The brain changed its shape every time we made a modification on the pen. Every time we made a modification on the pencil, your brain changed shape. 
See, I want you to know that, and this is so subtle that you really don't know it. Okay, that's just how awesome your brain is. It just is all constantly going through these different morphic states. So it's one way now, a new thought. It's another way. New geometry, new structure, new neurons, old neurons are released, new because capacities are made, contact. So your brain is dancing. Literally, the brain has its dance so that you can continuously create, that you can have new ideas, new insights, etc. So if you're listening to me, you recognize, guess what? The individuals who seem to have the same old thoughts, okay? Nothing seems to be exciting. They can't come up with a new vision on anything. The pencil is the pencil. All of them look the same. The pen is the pen. All of them look the same. But you can see that this is not the same pen. Oh, to me, it looks the same. Well, this is what we call depression. And what are we looking at? We're looking at lazy neurons. They're not able to change their shape. They're not able to disconnect from that old boring neuron next door and reconnect to the new neuron above me. They're not able to do that. And if so, they do it real slow. And therefore, their body slows down. They stay in the same position long periods of time. They're just not thinking very much because the brain is not able to change its shape and its connections. And I want you to think on that. Think on that. Now, the person who's hyperactive, when you see a little child jumping all around, they can't ever sit down. We're looking at the activity of those neurons. They are doing incredible things. Think about that. The neuron dance. The neurons, they dance. What is your neuronic rhythm? My sponsors are waving at me. I'll be right back after this moment. But think about that. What is your neuron dance? What kind of dance do your neurons do? What does the 21st century hold for you? The opportunity to create all you desire in this 21st century is awaiting you in Alaska. Come join Dr. Jewel and the world-famous Stephanie South from the Law of Time in Anchorage in Farbanks, Alaska, September 17th through September 23rd for a total life-transforming experience under the Northern Lights Awards. Visit www.juis.education or call 770-383-2112 for details. Okay. Now I left you with a thought. Okay? That thought is, what kind of dance do your neurons do? Are your neurons sluggish and slow? They're not changing shape at all. They're not making new connections. Think about it. Okay, are you stuck on the same thought? We have many people, I can just, I can't do anything, but just think about her. I just just can't think of everything about her. I hear men saying, I'm just, she's just on my mind. I just can't get off my mind. I hear women. I just, everything I do, I see him in it. I just can't think about it. What are you saying? You're saying that your neurons got stuck in a frame. 
they got stuck in a movement. And so they can't move out of that connection. They cannot disconnect and reconnect. They're in that same old shape. Mm -hmm. And it's because of the chemistry made by the brain. And that comes from your thinking. How about that? So everything is related. So when you're thinking about certain things, it causes the neurons to move and behave in a certain way. It causes them to dance or not to dance. It causes them to reach out and make connections to other neurons or to just fold up into themselves. What we're looking for is what? We're looking for the median. Okay. We're looking to not jump around like a jumping bean, spastic, no rhythm. Our thoughts don't make sense. They really aren't relevant. They don't have anything to do with what we say we want to do. They really are not allowing the body to have full control and to be able to use its instruments, whether it's a pencil or a pen okay, or some other tool precisely, so that when you look at the results of what you've written, nobody can read it, or the results that you've uh, created by using some tool. The geometry is distorted, not the proper shape, it didn't fit the proper size, or maybe that was the meal that you were trying to prepare, and you wound up burning some of it, the other wasn't really cooked well, and it just wasn't flavored. Think about this. This is all about the dance of the neuron. And so can both uh, sets of neurons in the right and left hemisphere of the brain dance together? That's what we're talking about. We're talking about the balanced brain. And can the neurons in the right dance with the neurons in the left? Does everybody have a partner? And we're talking about a balanced brain. We're talking about are all the neurons available in the right side of your brain to dance with and interact with the left side of the brain? Are the neurons on the left side of the brain available to be able to connect and dance and move with the right side of the brain? So when you tell me that you only have somewhere between 5 to 7% brain uh, usage, well, look at that, 90%. Of your brain doesn't have a partner, 90% of your brain doesn't even know that they're supposed to be at the party dancing and thinking, thinking and then dancing. Can you imagine if you had at least 50% of the brain, of the neurons in the right and the left hemisphere of the brain dancing together? What you could do, what you could create, how beautiful everything would be for everybody because we would see that wonderful dance through how you interacted with everything around you, everyone around you, how your body moved, how you dressed yourself, how you combed your hair. This is all about the dance of the neurons, the dance of the neurons. So when we see people's neurons aren't dancing very well together, they have fears. Oh, my gosh, do they have fears. They have insecurities. When the neurons are hyperactive, oh, my goodness, don't touch that person because they may have some very exquisite, unpolite words for you because in their mind, you you caught them off guard. 
the neurons are too busy dancing and jumping around, and then you tap them. Oh, my goodness. They will go off, and they will ask you, who are you, and why did you touch me? And their whole rhythm and everything will change because the neurons too overactive, too hyper, too sensitive, not paying attention to the environment. So we know that the dance between the right and the left hemispheres of the brain, the neurons, was definitely out of sync. So when you see people that are, you know, very argumentative and, you know, they're very boisterous in their delivery of their communication and their language is definitely uh, undermining their mouth as well as the person who they're speaking these words to that are not complimentary and directive, that is a dance between the right and the left hemisphere of the brain, which is definitely off the beat, not in rhythm. And so what do they need? They need to be realigned, brought into sync again. That's all this is about. Can we synchronize the neurons of the brain, the right and the left hemisphere, so they can dance together, they can think together, They can make connections with each other and other areas of their same side of the brain and then bring that to the center of the brain into a wonderful dance. Can they do that? And guess how we do it? Simple, with geometry. And da-da-da-da, water. This is a biggie. This is a biggie. Do not let that brain get dehydrated and pay attention to the water you drink. All water is not water that you want to drink. So when you turn and look at that bottle and it's telling you it's got, you know, sodium chloride in it and potassium phosphate, that that is not water, not water that you want to drink. So you, why are they putting your preservatives in your water? No, you don't want that. So natural waters already come preserved. So your natural spring waters, okay, those already come preserved. Distilled water, it's nothing but pure hydrogen, oxygen. It doesn't need a preservative. It will evaporate. So we've got to make sure that we're not giving our brain chemicals that would cause it to also be out of harmony. You don't want to become disharmonic here thinking that you're hydrating the brain. Now, over 80% of the Western world is dehydrated, starting with the babies. I've just been astounded that these pediatricians would tell mothers that they don't need water. But yet and still, the mother can't make milk if she doesn't drink water. No woman can nurse unless she's well hydrated. So if she has to have water to hydrate herself, of course the baby's going to get water from her breast milk. The baby's drinking the breast milk, but the baby also needs additional water on its own. And we know that. The baby sat in water for nine months to even have the body form. You cannot form a body without those cells being in a liquid media known as water, per se. Water is consciousness, and we need consciousness in all things. No, you didn't know water was conscious. It is. It is the first physical 
manifestation of consciousness. Now, consciousness of itself is a whole big discussion, and we have to give you some courses in quantum physics here for you to really be able to digest this. But just keep in mind consciousness, the physical manifestation of consciousness is first degree water, Mm -hmm. and then second degree blood, and then third degree tissue, and then fourth degree the collection of tissue forming the physical body is you. Yes. When we talk about physicality of consciousness now, pay attention to my words, okay, because consciousness is what it is, and it does exist very much so without physicality. But when consciousness becomes physical, first-degree manifestation is water. So therefore, the cells, the brain cells, are to ensure that the body knows what it is that you're thinking. And so therefore, they have to have water, first level of consciousness, first degree of consciousness, so that they can make the chemical translation of your thoughts. So that then goes into the second degree of consciousness, which is the blood, to then blood takes that second-degree consciousness to the tissues, and the tissues through third-degree consciousness then causes the whole body as a unit to take action, which is fourth-degree expression of what you're thinking, called fourth-degree consciousness. So let's go over this very quickly because I want you to understand in total what you've heard today. First of all, you've heard the fact that there's something known as intelligence, and we have at least two different types. We have intellectual intelligence, and then we have emotional intelligence. So we measure them in a kind of quotient, an IQ, an intelligence quotient, an emotional quotient, an EQ. But then we also have different types of intelligence, musical intelligence, linguistic or language intelligence, expression mathematically intelligence, and then we have the body kinesthetics, those individuals who can do great things, like the little lady who won the uh, award here for her gymnastics. Incredible things she could do with her body, just at 19 years old. So she has an incredible kinesthetic Intelligence, very high IQ for that, how she can basically communicate with that body in such a way that she can perform these incredible feats. Now, how do we get this kind of intelligence? The neurons have it. The neurons have it. If you're born with the right and left hemisphere of the brain, the intelligence, emotional, kinesthetic, musical, Mathematical, artistic, you know, visual, spatial, intelligence, it's all in every cell. But now the environment is critical. What are the influences in the environment that would cause the neurons to do what? Communicate. And you want to make sure that there is enough water in the cell so they can communicate with each other. So when the cells are dried or not well hydrated, 
we have a problem. Yes, we do. When the uh, neurons then cannot make the connections needed with each other, they can't move. They're stiff. Yeah, they're stiff. They can't make new connections. They can't release old connections and make new ones again. That stymies our thinking. Yeah, it does. And therefore, the communication from the brain to the cell can't happen. So check this out. Did I just not also describe to you the condition of arthritis when we're constantly thinking angry thoughts? Everything makes everything hot and irritable. So when that person speaks irritably, they're very anxious and very uh, terse in their communications. Look at those thoughts and look at the condition of those neurons and what they have to uh, exemplify. So, again, emotional IQ, intellectual IQ, all based on what? How the neurons can move. The dance of the neurons. Dance of the neurons. How are your neurons dancing? Do you have enough dancing? And if you don't have access to the left and the right hemisphere of the brain, you don't have enough dancing. They don't have partners. You're just left-handed? What's the problem? You're just right-handed? I don't think so. We had a lady say that she balances her brain uh, by brushing her teeth with the opposite hand every day. You can't be serious. I'll be right back after this message. we got to get serious. Humanity is experiencing a vast variety of disorders, HIV, Zika virus, Ebola, hypertension, meningitis, STD, Alzheimer's, and many others. These disorders are the results of not knowing how to live within and navigate the human body. Most of us have learned how to drive a car, but have yet to learn how to care for and navigate our bodies. Enroll into the Jewel University of Immortal Sciences for Immortal Living to learn how to navigate and maintain a disease-free body. Visit us at www.juis.education or visit us on Facebook. Please, you've got to learn how to navigate this brain so that your body can stay healthy. That's part of what happens also. We get infections because the neurons can't dance. They can't do their rhythm. They can't disconnect and reconnect to the proper neurons to have the proper information so that all the organ systems in the body stay functional. The neurons have to stay hydrated to keep their flexibility and their dexterity so they can dance. They have to have a partner. So therefore, they've got to be able to have access to their partner in the opposite side of the brain. So, therefore, you got to make sure that there's enough neurons activated in the right side of the brain as well as the left. And so, again, how do we do this? With geometry, hydration. Geometry and hydration. Write us. Check us out on Facebook, Jewish.Education, Jewel University of Immortal Sciences, J-U-I-S dot education and 
Check us out on Instagram. Now, before we go, I don't have a lot of time left, except again, let the neurons dance. Balance the brain. Make sure that every neuron in the right side of your brain has a partner in the left side of the brain. And we want to make sure that that brain is ready for the 21st century by exposing it to the
because those new genes, now that they've been activated, will allow your nervous system and your tissues to behave differently relative to being able to be in alignment with the 21st century. Now, planet Earth, she's being upgraded. That's why the auroras are there hanging around. And these auroras are different because these auroras are penetrating the Earth during a time that she's going through a 6,000-year pole shift. She's changing to prepare herself for the next 6,000 years for the 21st century and beyond. So, again, join us 21st to the 22nd at the Hamilton Suites Hotel in Anchorage, Alaska. Just email us, jewis.education, www.juis.education, and you'll see where you can click right there and go to the Advanced Discipline Workshop information. And you can also call us. You can write us at scheduling at juis.education, scheduling at juis.education. So I tell you, I am so excited about this. Stephanie South, you don't want to miss her sharing with us of all the things that she incurred watching Planet Earth prepare itself as she goes to the 6,000-year pole shift, all the information that's been left for us so that the studies that are available to also accelerate our preparedness for the 21st century is available. She's written a lot of it for us. Our DNA is going to be activated now, those genes that have been sleeping. The light is here now. So that's going to be coming on board and activating. So, so many changes are happening. And you want those changes to happen to you. Why? Because your neurons are going to start doing a new dance. The new dance is here. So, again, time has shifted. We now know that time is what? Time is art. Yes. Time with focus, conscious energy is equal to art. So, everything is changing. Join us. Oh, and I didn't mention it. It's very cheap. It's only $160. So, you get your tickets. And your airline ticket, and you get there with us to have a wonderful weekend with us. Put that on your calendar, the 22nd. Tickets, we will help you get your tickets. Call us. Email us, juis.education, juis.education. Okay? And come on to Alaska, under the Aurora's Fairbanks, Alaska, at the Hamilton Inn. Sweets Hotel. So I love you very much, and thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, the neurons dance. They move. They make connections. They have partners. Balance the brain so that the dance that your neurons do forever will be one that you will enjoy. Have more brain tissue. Have a different dance. You have a different life. Change your brain. Change your life. Tomorrow, tune in for... Dr. Heather Pierman, Psychoneuroimmunology Show. How your thoughts, how your emotions determine your immune system. Got to pay attention to that. You got to be joyous. Got to be content to have an incredible immune system. So I will see you next week and see you tomorrow for the P&I Show. Love you much.
Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Jewel Network Science Broadcasting Frequency. Join Dr. Jewel here each Monday at 5 p.m. on the Jewel Network, hosted by the JewelNetwork.com and Jewel University of Immortal Sciences for Immortal Living, Jewish. For our complete broadcast schedule, additional information, and to purchase products, please visit our website, www.thejewelnetwork.com. If you'd like to contact us, Please send your email to info at thejewelnetwork.net. Thank you. This broadcast is under full copyright and trademark protection owned by the House of Jewels. This broadcast in its entirety nor any part of this broadcast can be reproduced, copied, transcribed, placed in podcast format, placed into MP3 format, or suspended on any internet digital location without express permission from the House of Jewels, Washington State, USA. To reproduce or suspend this broadcast in any digital location other than the Jewel Network is prohibited and legal proceedings will follow accordingly. Thank you for listening.